Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. If people came here to hear about beaches and Disney World, that's probably not the part of Florida they'll hear about. <laughs> I, I think I think when a lot of people think about Florida, honestly, they uh, they think of you know the beaches, like you said, Disney World, all those beautiful views, and they don't even realize like, and I, I don't know if I can use this word, but the whole middle of Florida reminded me of East Tennessee. It's a, it's a lot of rednecks, and I'm a redneck myself, so I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to say that or not, but um. That's that's basically what Florida is. I don't think you're offending too many rednecks by calling us all rednecks. <laughs> that's right. So we're definitely in the swamps of Florida, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I already told Zach that this is going to be called the coon hunting in the armpit of America. Like it is hot, <laughs> stinky, everything wants to kill you. You're like, I don't understand why you guys coon hunt personally. We like, were talking about that the other night. I mean, just you gotta have so much motivation to go out there and hunt and um probably most of all you really need a good hunting partner because i mean just if you're going to go out there by yourself every night you got to be either crazy or stupid (laughs) by yourself i don't know you with a hunting partner you guys got a little crazy yeah probably right i'm blessed i probably got the best hunting partner we'll be standing there sometimes and uh we'll be in the middle of a swamp and there'll be cattails and saw grass up to your you know eyeballs and you're looking around for alligators or snakes and all that kind of thing. And your dog's treed are on the other side of it. And there's no way around it. I mean, it's, we sit there and question each other all the time. Um, I would too. Yeah. Corey, tell them about your, uh, mosquito jacket. Oh yeah. We had to, we had to break that out last year. We were hunting four or five nights a week. And, uh, I mean, the mosquitoes were just horrible. I mean, you could spray down, it didn't matter, but um, I finally got on Amazon and looked up. They had a mosquito jacket, mosquito head nets, and we went to town, got them, put them, put them on, and uh, I mean that was the best thing ever. So uh, the briars rip them up, but they're super cheap, so it didn't really matter. We just <laughs> pick them up and put them on and go, and it definitely uh, saved you some blood for sure. Is it just a like a mesh? Yeah, it's like a really tight mesh, um, and they I guess they just can't can't get you through it but it worked out really good keeps you from having to even spray down i mean at that point you only have to spray down just throw it on and go do you guys hunt year round we do and that's actually uh one thing that's really a blessing in florida i know it is kind of crazy hunting um sometimes but um we are able to hunt 365 days out of the year i mean you can uh, you know it doesn't matter weather doesn't really affect you it it gets cold a little bit but not enough to not go i mean we can we can pretty much go during a hurricane if we needed to (laughs) So. we got we got people all the time we talk to that that you know say they're worried about the snakes or they're worried about the gators or or that kind of thing and in the summer they i mean they are a problem um you know i was talking to somebody earlier today that was asking are the snakes out and all this stuff and you know we do we do have some dogs that get bit by snakes um most of the time some benadryl and and Corey's uh wife is a phenomenal uh vet tech was well, he's a former vet tech what 13 years or something like that Corey. yeah so she, she'll patch him up with a snake bite all that kind of thing but um i mean we're blessed i mean like Corey said year round we'll be sweating out there we'll be looking over our shoulder for gators looking on the ground for snakes but besides that um you know it's it's really a blessing we can we can shoot coons out year round too yeah yeah, that that's actually a big thing um, that you mentioned that, Zach. But yeah, a lot of states, I mean, you can't 
you can't shoot them year round like that. And um, that's something that they have to actually worry about, but we, we don't have to worry about that at all. I mean, if, if we need to give a, give a coon to a dog, it's, it's no problem. So, and we've got a bunch of coons. That's, that's probably a misconception too. Like a lot of people think that, uh, well, it's Florida. You probably don't have a lot of coons, but we have a ton of coons, but they're more spread out. Um, so a lot of these places up North, I kind of look at it like you got cornfields and then you've got these little blocks of woods, all the coons are kind of uh, concentrated in that area. Uh, we probably have just as many coons, maybe more, but they're just more spread out. So the dogs have to hunt harder for them. It's thicker, so it's not as easy for the dogs to get in there and tree them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it's it's definitely good. It makes the dogs, uh, to me, it makes the dogs hunt a little harder. Um, yeah. Having to hunt down here for sure. Ooh. You guys are my heroes because <laughs> – I don't even like hunting in the summertime up here in Pennsylvania, yet alone down there. I can't imagine. Not even we're not even a factor snakes and gators in just just the heat humidity. Well, the heat <laughs> bugs and the heat's probably worse. Uh, you know, everybody worries about uh gators and snakes, but the heat's probably the the main, you know, main thing that you gotta worry about. Um, mm-hmm. is the heat just making sure your dogs don't give it over heated uh we run a lot of deer dogs down here too so you want to make sure that doesn't happen and uh, you just got to make sure you get them caught up and um but i mean water them up and all that just keep keep an eye on them is the biggest thing well we've jumped right into this thing and we've we've failed to let you guys introduce yourselves so if if people haven't figured out who this is why don't you guys introduce yourselves Corey? why don't you go first well i'm Corey. um i'll be 30 this year the big 3-0 so I've been coon hunting since I was like 15, uh, no professional by any means. Um, just have been in the woods a lot of nights um, and has been blessed to be able to to go out in the woods four or five nights a week and just had jobs over the years that I haven't had to uh, be at work super early and uh, kind of built my life around that. So um, it's it's definitely been a blessing for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my name's Zach. Um, like Corey said, I, I think I got introduced to coon hunting when I was uh, about 18 after my freshman year of college, my parents sent me down here with my grandfather and, uh, he had some, he had some red bones and, uh, we'd tree some possums and all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I moved back up to Tennessee after that summer and, and got my own dog. And honestly, I didn't give him a fair chance. I, I had a kid when I was real young and, uh, I guess I'm still semi young. I'm 31, a little older than Corey, but, um, and, you know, worked all kinds of odd hours and things. So I, I stopped hunting for a long time. Uh, but I moved back down to Florida about three years ago um, and yeah. really started hitting it hard this past year and got hooked up with Corey. And uh, we'll drag my grandfather out there. He'll drag, I guess, out sometimes. But um, it's been a it's been a real blessing. Man, throwing your grandfather under the bus and his <laughs> dogs. <laughs> Slow. No, he, he, it was it was actually a. You know, red bones, they get a bad name besides the red fern grows. What a great movie. But uh he did have a really nice female. Um, she looked kind of like a walker, to be honest with you. But uh she'd go in there and, and almost won a hunt. First hunt I ever entered, almost won it with her. Um, I loved her the other two red bones. I don't think they had many brain cells, but um, <laughs> you know, I guess I got broken in right. So there you go. So you guys hunting walkers though now, right? Pretty much. Walkers and uh, uh, blue ticks too. We have actually um, a couple blue ticks now. Okay. Um, I actually started with blue ticks when I was 16. I, I got a little three-year-old um, that was pretty much already going and treeing coons. And 
Um, I mean, we would leave work and, I mean, go out there and hunt all night pretty much and then go to school the next day. I had some good friends that always wanted to go with me. Um, but uh, uh, first competition hunt, I put that dog in, and we had, like, a crazy amount of plus points. And uh, they were wanting to buy the dog and everything else. And I'm like, no, heck no. But uh, it was it was really cool. And it, that's actually what locked me into it was that, that blue tick, that first dog that I got. Um, and I mean, that's just where we kind of took off from there, but we have, um, two blue ticks. We have one that's like a year old, um, that a guy actually gave to us. It was going to be a hog dog, but it had some coonhound bloodlines and, um, I just wasn't, wasn't doing real good for him. So we started hunting her and, uh, she showed some natural ability right off the start. Uh, wanting a tree opossum right out the gate. And <laughs> we turned her out one night, first night, and she wanted a tree opossum and she hasn't messed with them since. And, uh, she's actually treed two coons the last week. So she's doing pretty good. Awesome. Uh, she uh she runs some trash the other night and then fell off on a coon I, th- I thought that was pretty impressive for her so <laughs> i'm not gonna get on to her yet so um and then we've got another another dog that was uh given to us he's a four-year-old um he come from new york area and he's he's a really, really good blue tick um the guy just got out of coon hunting and uh it was it was one of them guys that uh he if, you know if anybody called me and offered me a blue tick I, i'd just say eh, i'm good but this guy's one of them guys that's a hard hunter, and uh, I was definitely all ears when he said when he offered them to me. I'm like, "Yep, I'll have a dog collar there, and he'll pick them up and bring them here." So he was all good with it. But um, yeah, he, he pretty much gave us a dog, and, and he's been doing really good. We've won some casts with him as well. So how how did he transition from New York to Florida? <laughs> he actually he actually did really good. Surprisingly, um, the dog's a, a really good hard hunting dog. Um, he likes to be by himself. Um, he wasn't he probably wasn't as good in in new york because um he's you know walker dogs kind of get the name of being fast flashy running there tree coon recut tree another coon blue ticks can be a little slower but they're very accurate so they actually work pretty well here in florida because i mean you don't want to walk to many slick trees Uh, you you want a dog that trails them up and trees them and (laughs) you go in there and, and get the coon but and you can recut, but um, it just certain styles work a little better down here. You need a you need a dog that puts his nose down and trails the coon up, um, and has enough brains to figure out where they're going. Uh, if you got one that's got real a lot of tree and power, it's just gonna be you might be walking to a bunch of trees. <laughs> we, we we took him out the first night he came down, and um, he kind of looked at us like, "Who are y'all?" And uh, we got him going down here and and went into the swamp and all that kind of thing. But then. It, it, Correct me if I'm wrong, Corey. We took him out the second time, um, and it was a little $35 PKC hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took it was an hour hunt. It took him 55 minutes, I believe. He treed with five minutes left and won the cast. So um, treed the only coon. <laughs> it's almost like he was born in Florida. But uh, really, uh, one thing about him too, I like. I don't think Corey mentioned it, but uh, when you tie him up at a tree, he will literally sit there in silence and not bark. He's got a really <laughs> Some really quirky things about him, but a really, a really good dog. For you sure. know, I really wouldn't be upset about that. I've, I've had some dogs that when you get there that are just so loud and obnoxious. It's like, if you, you could slow down a little bit and just relax. We're, we're here now. We've talked about that, especially for competition hunts. Uh, just having a dog that can kind of just relax and save their energy. I mm-hmm. mean, if you got a dog, you're sitting there looking for a coon for eight minutes. Um, and then that dog's sitting there hammering the whole time. I mean, it's just going to wear itself out. So we actually talked about that, but I, I that's a hard thing to train. I, oh, I can yeah. train a lot of things, but that'd be a hard thing to train. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. But I had a female that was, sometimes she would, sometimes she wouldn't. It's not like it was always a, it wasn't always a guarantee. Mm-hmm. 
we've noticed that a lot with the ones that when we shoot a lot of coons out to them too that's kind of cool where you get there and you back up from that tree and they're like all right you gonna shoot that coon out or <laughs> is, it, is it coming down yet and they're sitting there listening for it so um, you can tell you shot a lot of coons out to a dog when they start doing that yeah that's right how many kids right. do you guys typically kill a year do you think oh i don't know that'd be a hard that'd be a hard one but i mean we train it depends it depends on if we're training a lot of young dogs or if we've got older dogs i mean that's probably the biggest thing but yeah. right now we've been messing with a lot of young dogs um so we knocked down a lot i mean last summer alone we were probably we probably shot 50 i mean yeah. just to one more one dog maybe more i mean we were just we we're trying to get her going real good and she and she turned out to be pretty decent so um but we've got a big club i mean our our club you know a lot of these people up north they they probably only have little spots here and there that they can turn out on um but we're very blessed we actually have an eighteen thousand acre hunting club that we're able to hunt and that's two minutes from the house um and then it's not just that i mean there's woods all the way around it too so i mean there's just coons everywhere i mean they just feed into the place um, but there's a lot of big tracks of land in Florida and people kind of don't realize that either. But I mean, even, even in West Florida, there's like one WMA or, or wildlife management area. Um, that's like 500,000 acres, just one, you know, it's two pieces joined together, but they touch and it's 500,000 acres. I mean, it's, you wouldn't think that's even, you know, possible, but it is. And we've drove on it and been on it and it's, it's a lot of land you can drive for a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't quite realize how much land was down there. You know? The way I try to try to explain it to people is um, it's more concentrated with like the growth in Florida. You got a lot of people you know, like Jacksonville, you take, for instance, I mean, there's a lot of people there, um, but they're all concentrated. And then as you get away from there, I mean, there's outskirts and the country and everything else. And, and you've got these big tracts of land and that, and that's what allows people to run deer dogs down here too, just having the, the yeah. big tracks of land and it's a lot of swamp is the reason why there's probably not many houses there but yeah one the one good thing i will say this like I, I lived in tennessee for most of my life and i've done some hunting there and uh, when i go back and visit i hunt um you know down here how most woods are unless you're hunting the forest or something you can pretty much everything's pretty blocked off it's flat uh there's trails and roads whereas up in tennessee sometimes you're walking up a mountain for a mile um most of the time we can get within what a thousand yards of a dog maybe um so mm -hmm. you know that that's one nice thing about hunting down here however when you do have to walk 300 yards and um <laughs> you're in an area with all the you know underbrush it's a, it's basically a jungle yeah um so but the, that's where the coons go and that's where they live and that's that's where we end up half the time so i want to know when you guys start training monkeys that's what i want to know oh there, there, there's, there's some monkey colonies down there so when you guys start shooting monkeys i want to hear about it there is there we actually go over to pkc hunt um it's out down in citra florida well ocala i guess and i guess some of the where they come from silver springs Corey. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah there's some monkeys over there they treat they say they tree them and uh they showed us a, a trail cam uh footage and there was what 40 monkeys on a feeder all of them on there i don't really want to mess with the monkeys they're a lot meaner than coons <laughs> Oh, I'm, I don't want to mess with him either, but that's why I want to hear about it, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big game hunter. I, I'd classify them as big game. <laughs> well, don't you run deer dogs? That's big game. I do. Yeah, I guess you could say that, but I don't. I don't consider that big game. But yeah, I guess it is in the in the uh, in the eyes of everybody else. It is, but 
I do enjoy that. That's that's been pretty fun for sure. How many guys do you have in your club that run deer dogs? We've got, and that's what mostly our club is made up of, but we have like a hundred members in that club. Um, and we're the only coon hunters in it. Okay. So that's nice. But then there's a bunch of deer hunters. Um, but as far as like there's honorary members and stuff like that. So um probably i mean in our crew we hunt five or six trucks so it's really not it's not like overcrowded there's not like people on every road mm-hmm. uh, some of the places that deer hunt with dogs they like put standards out um yeah. we more like head them so as it as the dogs are running the deer we actually try and get in front of them with the truck gotcha. uh, so that's that's a lot more fun you're not sitting still ever it's, it's pretty crazy I've, i never experienced that until this past fall and Corey's driving 100 miles an hour down the road <laughs> hitting every bump and we got the kids and the wives in the car. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's something special. Yeah. Now I, I've deer hunted with dogs in Virginia and, but it's sitting on a stand, you know, mm-hmm. they, they dump dogs into a block and basically it's just kind of a free for all. And you're just hoping that they push a deer your way. <laughs> for sure. It's so thick here. It's tough. I mean, uh, we don't, we don't really kill a lot of bucks uh, and we can only kill bucks. We can't kill does in our club. Uh, but I mean, it's tough. It's, it's not easy. That's for sure. I mean, there's a lot that goes on and you're trying to figure it out where that deer is going to go. That deer has been ran many a time. So he, he's a lot smarter than we are, <laughs> even with all the technology out there. Yep. Now you guys have a lot of other game there. Like you got a lot of hogs or coyotes or anything else like that. There's a lot of hog hunters, um, in this, in this part, um, coyotes, a lot of coyotes, um, bears, there is bears and, can't talk about them in florida without getting in trouble it seems like but no they hopefully they'll have another hunting season there they're coming up on uh they'll probably be doing it pretty soon i would think in the next year or two there there should be a, a bear hunting season okay um, but uh, other than that i mean hogs is a big thing um, a lot of a lot of people do that coyote hunting predator hunting's not as good here uh, we do have people that do it but uh it, it's kind of tough because you just you don't have the the field of view you don't have a, a way to see them um gotcha. where we're at anyways it's just too thick so you would have to shoot them down the road uh, and that's just it's tough to get them i mean they're already smart enough they poke their head out see you they're gone so gotcha i just wasn't sure especially i know where i hunted deer in virginia those deer dogs will run fox and coyote and they don't really care you know for sure because during deer season both fox and coyote are in season where they're at so I got yeah. told if it's a fox, a deer, a coyote, or a bobcat, shoot. <laughs> That's right. The uh, the fox are protected here um, as yeah. far as killing them, but um, you can run them, um, which that, that is kind of interesting, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, you can run them, and, and that's fun. And uh, there's a fox season, and then um, as far as running season. And then uh, coyotes, I mean, you can kill them year-round. And yeah. we we love to run them with dogs. I mean, if I, if I see a coyote and we're running deer, I'm putting the dogs to it. So. Okay. Good deal. We see some bobcats too in the club. We do for yeah. sure. We've seen a big one. Um, it's been a few months now, but we've seen one. He was like trying to catch something in the middle of the road. <laughs> you have a lot of bobcats, or, or kind it's of a pretty good bit. Um, not a lot of hunters though that hunt them. I mean, that's that's kind of a special breed of people. Is is the bobcat hunters down here? I know mm. up north they're probably. I know Texas is real big on um yeah. running bobcats too, but um. Here, there, I mean, very few. I could probably count on one hand how many bobcat hunters there are in, in Florida that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because it's just tough. I mean, they're out there normally two, three in the morning looking for tracks or roading them. 
Um, yeah. And there's just there's not a lot of bobcats. I don't feel like so that that's probably why there's not as many hunters. Anytime you have more game, you have more hunters. <laughs> less game, less hunters for sure. I'll tell I'll tell you a story about when I first moved here, and this is and I'll get back to the bobcat in a second. When I first moved down here, me and my wife moved into a neighborhood. And I still live in the neighborhood. I'm trying to move out to the country <laughs> near where Corey lives, but um. The first night I'm sitting there, I'm putting together a chandelier or something, and it sounded like World War III out in my side yard. And uh, I went out there and was looking around. Well, a big snake had gotten down into my air conditioning unit and banging around, and, you know, it it killed the snake. Um, But then I think it was like a week later, I worked from home at the time. I was standing in my – I was looking out the sliding glass door in my backyard, and it was the most eerie feeling i ever seen. There was a bobcat that was the size of, I mean – I don't know. It was probably, it looked like a 70 pound bobcat. I'm probably exaggerating, but it just, it just walked right past me. I think I was on the phone with somebody. I said, I got to go. I got to look at this thing. I took some photos of it, but, um, I knocked on the glass at it even. I was like, okay, let's see what this thing will do. It just kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? And just kept walking on like nothing. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of bobcats in the neighborhoods, I guess, too. (laughs) Well, you guys have all kinds of stories and I think especially a recent one that I really want you to tell is, uh, about your eye here recently there zach oh yeah um it was a it was a really uh rough week i can i can start with another story leading up to it if that's okay that, but yeah. um we uh we're, we're hunting a guy's dog from up in tennessee and uh he's down here and like Corey said his pups up there and he hunted him in super stakes still train him so this dog is uh he's out of the i'm pretty sure drive line is that correct Corey? Just a yep, big, big old dog. This dog is massive, and, and Corey's been feeding him, putting some weight on him, too, so he's even bigger than when he got here. Um, but anyway, we we uh, were hunting another night and, uh, you know, turned him out, and he came treed real quick. And we're like, okay, well, let's drive over here and get to him. And uh, when we got out there, he was he was on a log that was uh, is about 15, 18 feet above the canal. Well, it hadn't rained here much, and the canal was completely empty. Um, so there were some logs and stuff. So, you know, our first thought is, you know, we warn the people when they send their dogs down here to hunt, uh, you know, they, they could get snake bit, could get gator ate, and, you know, they're very cool with that. But, uh, well, not cool with it, but they understand that. Well, yeah. how do we explain your dog, you know, climbed up in the tree and fell into a canal and, you know, hurt himself? So uh, Corey started climbing up the tree. I got under the tree. Uh, no plan at all. Just, you know, Corey's trying to calm him down. I'm standing there in case he falls. Well, uh, this big, you know, 80 pound dog got up on the smallest branch, um, lost his foot and fell right into me. I thought I was going to catch him, I guess. Uh, probably not a wisest choice. Could have broke my neck, but he hit me like a linebacker. Um, his, his head went over my shoulder. His chest hit my chest and he knocked me down in the mud. Uh, he popped up and act like nothing happened. He didn't, he didn't tree real hard. The rest, well, he treed hard the rest of the night. He didn't get up on the tree. So, um, I think hopefully he learned a lesson. I learned a lesson not to catch a dog. So that was like Monday. Um, and then, and then Thursday, uh, or you want to, you want to tell Thursday's story? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, we, we get, uh, actually it was, it's kind of crazy that I got off work and I'm headed home right before I get home, a tree had laid across our road, knocked our power out. So then we're dealing with all that. And uh, I think, uh, Zach rolled in later on that night. My brother wanted to come. Um, he was up from college. Um, he has a, his uh, girlfriend with him. Um, she's from Johnson city, Tennessee. She's been coon hunting a couple of times and, and she'd been wanting to go. So, um, he was wanting to take her and show her kind of what we do and all that. So we're like, all right, great. Come on. So 
So we're always happy to have new people and, and get them excited and hunting for sure. But so they jump in the truck, we go over there and uh, we turn them out and uh, we turned out uh, Zach's dog, Charlie, and we turned out that blue tick and um, Charlie went in there good. And the blue tick went left-handed um, and they, she don't like to be with other dogs. She took off left-handed and uh, went about 400 yards and um, started, she struck and, and treed. I mean, within minutes, it, it wasn't long at all. And um, I was so excited that she treated coon. I was, I mean, we jumped in the truck and we're getting over there pretty quick. So especially that first tree, uh, you know, everybody wants to get in there quickly and, and see what they're doing see if they got a coon. So we get in there and, um, sure enough, there's like three, coon, there's three coons up there and, uh, we get to get to position where we can shoot it. And I, I got a semi-auto pistol that I shoot, um, which is really good. It's nice because you can carry it easier. It's yeah. lighter. Um, when you're walking in the woods it's just way easier to carry so um well we we were letting um my um, brother's girlfriend shoot the coon and so she starts shooting and shooting and she hit it a few times and it just was not wanting to come out and i'm like man i don't i don't know what's going on and zach yells oh i got a shot over here so we're like okay so at this point she's kind of like all right i'm done shooting like here just just shoot it and get the coon out so i come over there by zach and um start shooting again and shooting again and i'm this thing just does not want to fall out um well then um about that time zach zach yells and he's like ouch and i'm like what's going on and uh one of the shells had hit him right about his collarbone and burned him um, it hurt it hurt like crazy when when that happened he kind of yelled a little bit and uh it, it burned him pretty good right there on his collarbone well when that happened he backed up a step and it wasn't, it was the next shot. I mean, it got him right in the eye. The shell it, casing did. It felt like, it felt like I was blind. I'm not even kidding you. And I don't know if, oh, if, no. you've, if you've ever been hit in the eye with something hot or anything, but if, if one eye won't open, um, your other eye has trouble opening. So, yeah, uh, I basically one eyed my way back to the truck, um, through a canal and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, like, you know, Corey's wife's a vet tech. My wife used to, well, she's back working for a, optometrist so she had she was having Corey test my eye in the truck with his light and they were like you want to go to the hospital and at that time my dog's treat and i'm like let's get in there to her and uh i couldn't walk to see her tree but Corey got a video of it um and then the rest of the night i sat there with the ice pack but um i will tell you this uh, if if there's no better hunting buddy than than Corey is because they let me stay at their house um gave me an ice pack when i got up uh you know Corey's wife, Kelsey, gave me some medicine. Uh, my wife called me about 50 times checking on me during the night. I um, was sure. stressing out. I couldn't drive home, couldn't see. But uh, then the next morning, he drove me to the eye doctor. He filled out my paperwork. Um, <laughs> he actually helped the eye doctor work the machine. Uh, it was a new machine for the eye doctor. He helped him work the machine, uh, took me to work. I said it worked kind of miserable. But then he took me to get my prescription after. And uh, you can't ask for a better hunting buddy than that, but he also um, kind of shot me in the eye. So, um, I guess he, he felt kind of bad too. Felt guilty. I kind of felt like I had to right now. I'd do it and do it all over again. I, I actually thought he was being weak at first and I'm like, man, I, I don't know. It's just sad. And, uh, I knew this is how I knew he was really hurting because I've offered him to stay at the house uh, many a nights. I mean, whether we were just hanging out and it was late or whatever and no, oh, I'll go home or, you know, I got to ride home or whatever. And, um, he ain't never stayed at the house. And and that night he said, I got to stay at your house. And I'm like, oh yeah, go ahead. And so I knew he was in a bind then. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's, it's about a 35 minute drive home i couldn't i couldn't do it we we found it till 3 30 in the morning and i and he's like stay at the house i'm like i'm going home my wife got mad at me for not staying at his house uh yeah <laughs> i roll in about you know 4 30 in the morning but uh but now nah, you can't you can't ask for a better a better hunting buddy than Corey. <laughs> oh, that's great yeah. I know we bring up our wives a lot, but that, I mean, as far as coon hunting goes, you, you got to have a good support group at home as far as people taking care of the kids or taking care of you so you can go hunting. I mean, they're just, if you don't have that, you, you just can't do it. I mean, there's just, there's just no possible way. Well, and your wife hunts with you, doesn't she, Court? She does. She does. She's either just as crazy as me or I don't know. I ain't figured it out yet, but yeah, she <laughs> loves it. Um, she, she enjoys it and, uh, she, she does, uh, um, hunts. A lot of times we kind of hunt the dogs during the week and then, um, we kind of hand them over to her and, and let her, uh, do the competition hunts and she's, she enjoys it for sure. She's doing a really good job with it too. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. We joke around and call her the handler. We're, we're the dog, <laughs> well, trainers, I guess. I, I wouldn't even call us that, but we go hunt the dogs and then, uh, we don't even mind sitting back and just and just listening to them work, and then she'll come back to the truck and and tell us how she did, and we try not to critique her, but sometimes we're a little hard on her. <laughs> so you guys recently had a dog that you guys had at PKC Superstakes, right? Yes, how we did. did. Yep, that was uh Swamp Walker Riverbank is um the one that we've been hunting. How do you do? Um, he did, he didn't do too good up there. Um, I mean, he just caught some bad breaks. You, you know how it is. I know I, I hate to give excuses for dogs, but, um, I really like everybody. You have high hopes and, and think that they're going to go win the whole thing. And, uh, sometimes you get let down, <laughs> let down kind of hard or let down easy, but, but, um, no, he did, he did a good job. Um, he's very young. He was a late, um, so he wasn't born, uh, till October, like mid October. So he was a, a very young dog, um, facing all the other other dogs which you know still should be able to to compete um he just didn't didn't have the right breaks first night there was no coons treed um and then the second night he hunted uh there was i think there was one coon tree no he treated coon by himself but um just got beat out on strike points so i mean just just little stuff like that and just kept them out kept them from advancing mm -hmm. that's the one thing i don't like about competition hunts is like is literally strike points could you know two dogs do the exact same job and, you know, and, it, and especially when they split it's like they work two different coons so but the one dog that got started first and had better strike points could literally win and it's like they did the exact same thing exactly so, exactly and i really i mean if they could do away with them or well at least make it even then that way you don't have a lot of arguing too you probably have the most arguing on the strike and you know after that you don't really have any arguing everything's pretty chill um, but the, the, most of the time your arguments are with that strike points and, and it's because there's just too much weight on them as far as winning. I mean, you know, you have to have them to win. You struck my dog. <laughs> that happens all the time. About, about every other hunt really. But I mean, you know, it's hard to sometimes when there's three or four dogs barking in there. Yep. And do you guys hunt mostly PKC or mostly UKC or mix both or? Mostly PKC. I, I, I just like it. Just, you feel like you get something back. You don't really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a hobby and you know, unless you hit a really big winning jackpot somewhere, but other than that, I mean, you might get some gas money back, but most of the time, even your winnings don't cover your gas money. So um, it, not anymore. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. So, but that's what we kind of, kind of like to do. Um, it's, it's just been a good format for us and, um, I really enjoy it at least. Awesome. 
Which hunt you say you're going to next to take photos of? Uh, black and tan days. Okay, black and tan days. I'll be looking for them. That'd be good. Can, with black and tan, come on up. <laughs> that's the one dog. Well, we do know a guy with a black and tan, but that's the one dog we don't have, I guess. So, Gotcha. I had a buddy that loves black and tans. He is all about them. Kevin? Yep. Is he going black and tan days? No, he he actually got out of it a few years ago, and and I hate it. He was a he was a good hunting buddy. We we went we'd go a lot of mornings and and just go hunting, and, and that's actually really good down here. It's hunting in the mornings, get up about four and go out there for a few hours. It's, it's just like going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've thought about it. Unfortunately, my work schedule I just can't do that. Um, but if I'm ever in a different position, I've I've definitely thought about doing some morning hunting. One of the coolest uh, mornings I had was with Kevin, and I'll never forget that. But uh, we we turned the dogs out. It was really nasty, like sawgrass everywhere. I mean, it's four or five foot high sawgrass, and the dogs are just trailing and trailing, and they're getting hotter and hotter. And um, it was probably, I'd say, 200, maybe 150, 150 yards away. There's some big cypress trees just sticking up out there. It was, just breaking daylight and uh, you see that coon climb all the way up that tree um as the dogs were coming on and that was really cool and i don't i don't think i'll ever see that again um Mm. but that was a really cool experience as far as that goes i I don't think people realize either how pretty the woods are down here in some areas i mean when you're not drowning or or there's something like that but when you can actually walk through them and things um like Corey said in the mornings when we've gone hunting uh you know the sun's rising and, and you're in the middle of these these giant cypress trees or oaks and all this kind of thing i mean it's super pretty and you, you don't see i mean we don't see the woods at daytime very often unless we're, we're deer hunting we ain't going in the woods then so uh i do enjoy hunting mornings too and the coons seem to move uh we have a streak of we we're considering it this week when we have a streak we can't tree one at night we'll start talking all right we're going to go in the morning we're going to go in the morning so yeah makes a long day though I um when I lived in Ohio, we would do that every now and again. A lot of times that we wouldn't I don't want to say we would hunt in the morning, but like if we would go out, you know, when it got dark and not tree anything, we'd wait till about three AM and we'd go hit it at the, about three and we'd be coming in about daybreak. I mean we weren't really hunting into the day in the daylight, but we we definitely treat some coon after about like I said, about three AM, especially on real moonlit nights because that moon starts kind of going down. Right. Best time to hunt is when nobody else wants to. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, what else is new down there in Florida? Anything exciting? A lot of development. It's coming quicker than we can think. That's the bad part. It's just, I mean, just house after house. There's so many people moving here. Um, so that that does kind of suck for the hunting, but um, we haven't been affected by it yet. Um, I would say in the next next years, it it will will come eventually. Um, it's crazy how many people are moving here every day. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's the, it's the land of the free. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, when I, when I moved down here and, uh, you know, it was right during the middle of the pandemic, which was kind of crazy time to move, but uh, yeah. I was working from home and everything. And, uh, I'm telling you, everything was open. Uh, I was shocked. Um, you know, I mean, you, you saw masks and things like that and people were taking precautions, but, uh, I, I do love living down here in Florida. That's for sure. No, definitely. Uh, you know, I like your governor. <laughs> he's, he's he's not bad, is he? I hope he uh, uh, 
I'm kind of selfish, but I hope he doesn't run for president. I'd like him to stay around uh, as long as he can. But um, I'd trade you in a heartbeat <laughs> over my current governor. So we've joked about it. He's almost too good. He he brings a lot of people here because of how good he is. So people, <laughs> right. I mean, will come to the state just because he is governor, and that is a fact. That's kind of funny, though. It's like. I don't know. It's a funny reason to move to a state because it's like he's not going to be there forever, you know. So you're making a a very long term commitment over a very short term position that he's holding. That's right. And speaking of all that and political stuff, I mean that's that's one of the things that messes up all of our game laws in Florida is uh, the political um, power that they they have a commission, but um, it's all all the people that are put into power there are appointed by the governor. Um, and it's all people that have, you know, lined his pocket. So the people that are in charge of all the game laws know nothing about hunting. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's as far as like staff goes, I mean, they know about hunting. Um, Mm -hmm. but then you have the commissioners and then they bring all their stuff to the commissioners. And, um, that, that actually really messes up the game laws in Florida. That sucks. You guys are pretty active on, on the political front, aren't you? We have been in the past. We um we try to do a, a lot with it. It's a that's a tough thing to do. It's tough to get everybody on board. Um we we did pretty good with it as far as kind of getting people in our area on board. Um we were we were really wanting to get like a central organization that could kind of almost like the N- NRA, um where yeah. just it's a real central organization that would uh, take care of all kind of hunting, hound hunting at least. Um, but it was just tough. I mean, it's just tough to get people to really dedicate it. And it's a weird thing. It's because I guess they feel like they're not getting anything out of it. Um, you know, if they, if they buy a product, they, they get instant gratification. They, they bought that product and they have it in their hand. Um, but when it comes to supporting what they love, they don't want to do it. And it's, it's a very, very strange thing. Yeah. No, and it, it takes a lot of dedicated people in order to run an organization like that. Correct. That's that's what we need is, is is people to do it. Um, but you know, we Corey Corey and my cousin John did a really good job with it going and you know, we we posted videos and things and, and had people really fired up. But then at the end of the day, you know, you're working forty plus hours a week. The time that you need is a lot more than that. Yeah. And they're all working, you know, all, everybody in this sport's a working man, mostly. So, uh, so that, that makes it tough in itself. I mean, these guys are working hard. They're, they're out there 40 plus hours a week and that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's everything, everything they can do to just go hunting and, and get away from all that. Uh, it's, it's hard to get them back out there and, um, you know, supporting the mission or helping it out. Yeah, definitely. I, I know we're, I'm working with some guys here in the state of Pennsylvania and I even just mentioned it in the podcast that dropped yesterday and, you know, we're trying to get some things together and, and that's the hard thing is like, for one, half of us don't know what we're doing in order to organize anything. But then the other, other thing is we're all just busy. You know, you all work, you know, we all love hunting. So that's what we're, you know, when we're not working and spending time with our families, what are we doing? We're trying to run our dogs. So it's hard to find the time to, to actually do it. And like I said, it's it's a lot of work to get everything set up and, and and stay on top of it even once it's set up. So that's true. That's what when we got into it was when the greyhounds got taken out of Florida, and that was a big deal. I mean, it was it was really sad because it was put on a ballot for the majority, but it was a minority that was running greyhounds. So 
mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Even if you put football on the ballot, I mean, that, that's still a minority of people watch football um, in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, if, if you're having a majority vote on my, on a minority sport, I mean, you're overruled out the gate. So it should have never been on the ballot. It's, it's really, really sad that that even happened. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that can make things happen. Yep. Unfortunately, and like you said, those people with money, they have the time. So right, for sure. And it didn't take, I mean, it didn't take long. It went from uh, everybody was, they were running greyhounds. to I mean, within a year, really, uh, it's gone. I mean, just like that. And, and I'm sure there was some leading up to it, but um, it really didn't, didn't smack everybody in the face until that last year when it wouldn't got put on the ballot. Yeah. It's a shame. That's for sure. So, well, we need a couple more good stories. Corey, I was told you have all kinds of stories. Oh, I probably do. And just, just, uh, uh, you know, thinking back and figuring out what they were. <laughs> so I think I have a very short memory, but then when something, something comes up, I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell you all about it. But, What's the best dog you've ever had? Best dog I ever had. Probably the best dog I ever did winning with was Mongo. Um, that was, that was, uh, we, we got third in the super stakes with, with that dog. And that kind of set my, uh, PKC career up as far as wanting to go to hunts and wanting to do that kind of thing. Um, I was very green when, when that dog got handed to me and, and kind of thinking back to super stakes and how we were talking about, uh, you know, we take this dog and, we're going to win, win the whole thing with it. Well, that's kind of what happened when we had Mongo, we had two different dogs. We had Mongo and we had Diva. Um, at the time Diva, I would have swore on everything that we'd go up there and win the whole thing with Diva. Um, but we went up there and lost every cast. And then, uh, Mongo, we literally put him in one night and we won all the way to the end. So, I mean, we got, got third with him and, um, and and that kind of set us into motion there. Um, I remember that last cast, it was, uh, he struck a house cat right, right when we turned <laughs> him loose. I mean, we turned him out and I seen the cat in the bushes right when we pulled up to the spot and, uh, we cut him loose and he struck that house cat and he run it right around the house. I mean, all over the house and then underneath the house. And then he finally broke off of it and went and treated a coon before the other dogs. Um, uh, but we did take some, we took a hundred minus on that. So that wasn't good. So that kind of, that kind of took our second place away. Um, but, uh, but that was, that was fun. That was a good time. And, um, and that really lit a fire in me as far as wanting to, wanting to go to big hunts and do it. And, uh, it, it was very, very fun. Mongo, Mongo was pretty, pretty special to me. I missed, I missed like pretty much all of Mongo's success. But, um, when I got started back in hunting, my grandfather, he had, uh, a couple deer dogs and then he had Mongo and Mongo was what, 11 years old. Um, but the dog would still hunt and, He's very robotic in his old age, and uh, but my grandfather, he he loved that dog. I don't know how many dogs my grandfather's kept uh, to live to be eleven years old, or he hadn't sent somewhere else or something like that. But uh, he loved this dog, and we'd go out, and I, that's the, probably the best dog I've seen work, even at that age. You go out and treat a coon, um, you know, had a great handle on him too. You could tone him, call him if he got in a bad area, but uh, you know my wife and my daughter they got to see mongo and uh my wife was always trying to pet him well you know right before uh he passed uh he came over and, and my wife got to pet him and that really got her i guess accepting of me coon hunting because she got to see you know 
just a, a good dog, really. Yeah. And the dog was very different too on that front. He didn't, he wasn't about people petting him like, or you know, he was not a loving dog. And kind of like Zach said, a very robotic dog. I mean, you cut him and he goes to trees a coon and he's got a lot of drive. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at him and like, say you wanted to pet him and it was like, he was looking past you. Like he didn't even care about you. He's like, all right, what's next? <laughs> so, I got one like that in the kennel right now. She just does not care. I think them are good. Them are really good dogs. They're very hard-headed, though, and they will not listen to anything you say. <laughs> they will train themselves, and they're either going to be good or bad. <laughs> now, is he a walker? He was, yep. Okay. Off of, uh, I think it was River Bend, uh, Lonesome, that that kind of line of dogs. I, I'm very bad at pedigrees. I'm bad at directions and bad at knowing about pedigrees. That's, I mean, I put it in Google and I, I can go to that that place and I can read a pedigree, but I cannot recite them. But there's people out there that can tell you every dog pedigree, um, but I I am not one of those. <laughs> That's my that's my grandfather probably. <laughs> He's good about it. He can tell you every line of dog there is. I can't tell you every line of dog, but the uh, the ones that I follow, you know, like I follow a lot of leopards because that's what I have, and you know, a little bit of some other stuff here and there, other breeds of dogs, but leopard lines I, I know pretty well, and like I said, it's just because it's what I have. But genetics, genetics is a big thing. I mean, if you don't have the genetics there, you just can't do what you're wanting to do. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're taking these dogs to the woods and they're <laughs> that you're basically just a, a uber to the woods for them i mean they're they're going to the woods and hunting and <laughs> and if they've got they got it most of the time and the more yep. you hunt them the, the more they get it yeah me and cory are about to get a crash course in in genetics we uh i guess we're we've got our first dog bred together um <laughs> but uh we got a my female uh she's out of the charlie creek line um, and you know, Corey's first dog that he got, when we started back hunting. That's the riverbank dog out of the money in the bank. So both pretty okay. good genetics, but, uh, her heat cycle was coming in. She's already got her money one for fall. So we were trying to figure out you know, six months from now, that's not good. So, um, she's a big dog, pretty good mouse. So we were like, let's, let's go ahead and breed her. So we, we took her over and we, we bred her to the, uh, the Z dog that, that did a lot of winning in PKC. So. Um, I guess shortly shortly after the podcast, hopefully we'll have some puppies. We don't know yet, but um, and hopefully we have some. Hopefully she tosses us some good ones. We'll see. That was a good story in itself. Uh, I uh, I felt like I should have been more involved, but uh, Zach Zach and my wife are down there very very involved in the process and holding her and and taking care of her while while they were locked up. But uh, and she's a very tall dog, so they were lifting lifting Z up to, to <laughs> so he could uh, get the job done. Uh, so that was very interesting, but it was it was a good time. I, I was holding her head, and I looked over, and Corey's standing there with his cell phone, holding it up, <laughs> pointing it at me. And I was like, "Really? You're sitting over here videoing, and I'm sitting here holding this dog on yeah. the concrete." So, but I'm gonna have him at my house, so um, I, I got a lot of work coming. <laughs> yeah, he cut it. He cut a window out of his uh his dog room, cut it into a door so they can go in and out. So he's dedicated to this whole thing. Or I guess we're getting yeah. into the breeding game. <laughs> How many dogs do you guys have? Just coon dogs, or no, all together. <laughs> I've got, I've got one. Well, I got a house dog, and I got one. My wife told me if if you get a if you get a coon hound, uh, they got to live inside. And 
you're talking about a rough experience. I got shingles trying to house trainer, but one is probably the maximum I ever have in my house. But Corey's got a few more. Um, yeah, my my wife's a you know she used to be a vet tech, so she felt like she has to save every dog in the world. Um, and we save dogs that wander up to us while we're deer hunting. So we end up, <laughs> we've got, uh, 12, we've got 12 deer dogs, one coon dog at the house or two coon dogs at the house. Sorry. It's hard to keep track of them. Uh, we've got two basset hounds that roam around the, the backyard. Um, she has a little, little chihuahua too, of course, for inside, um, the house. And then we've got a Brittany as well inside the house. So, uh, we've got a ton of dogs. Where's the rest of these hounds then? Cause you were just saying you had two blue ticks. So what one of the blue ticks, um, is actually at my brother's house. Um, okay. the, the four-year-old, uh, stays at his house and inside his house. Um, so he actually, that was a, a pretty good story. Um, he, uh, was in the army for a while and he was getting out about the time that the blue tick got offered to us. Um, and I felt like it was just a, a really good time for him to kind of have something to do, um, and mm -hmm. transition into the regular world because that's a whole, yeah, whole another game of them being overseas and just, um, he's just one year younger than me. So, um, he has been in there almost, you know, what, nine years, I guess, um, been mm -hmm. in the military and, and that'll take its toll on you too. So he kind of took to coon hunting and he's come with us a few times and, um, and he ended up with the blue tick and he, I mean, he fell in love with this dog and, uh, really takes good care of him wants to go hunting all the time with him. I mean, it's, it's been a really good thing. And, and I, I think more people, uh, should, should probably have that or have some kind of hunting dog to, yeah. To help them out through life especially life struggles the best yeah. the best the best part about it though i will say this is that Corey gave his brother a blue tick so now i can kind of talk smack between the walkers and the blue ticks we'll exchange texts <laughs> all the time i'm sitting here in this interview wearing the, the coon hunt with walker hat so yep i get to give him a lot of crap but i i love i love that dog too that's a and it's good for him he's always like hey buddy hey buddy he's his best friend <laughs> so it's perfect it's perfect I think Zach made a, a little pre video for uh the the Charlie pups and um he had sent it to him earlier and I think what uh what he say let's see if I can find it here it said uh the very first part of the video it said what do you want in a pup with a question mark and my brother messaged back and said one that's not a walker <laughs> <laughs> he loves it yeah I'm not riding on, I'm not on that walker train either so I get it <laughs> well guys got anything else. Uh, I think that I don't, I can't think of anything right off. As soon as we get off of here, we'll have a million things to say. <laughs> yeah. That's how it always works. Well, we, we talk, we, we sit around in the woods so much. I mean, if you could record our conversations in the woods, you would probably think we're insane or, or something, there's something wrong with us because we sit and we <laughs> overanalyze and, and we'll talk about some and then, you know, be an hour later, we'll be talking about the same thing, but, um, I, there's very few quiet moments in the woods whereas you put a camera and a mic in front of us uh, a little nervous maybe or maybe we yeah. think people don't want to hear about these these uh i guess assumptions about dogs and things like that we had we did uh we did start doing some video and um as far as uh we making a coon hound is, is a, a video that we kind of put on youtube and and it's been fun to do um it's it's hard to do too like like we were talking about earlier about like photo and you know taking uh, photos of dogs in the woods or videoing them in the woods is very tough, but, 
Um, but it's been, it's been really fun and kind of documenting the process. This is something that we, I seen on uh, YouTube, there was a bird hunting guy that was kind of doing some things and, and I really liked how he was doing it. And there wasn't really anything in the coon hunting world, um, for yeah. that. And, and I know there's a lot of, a lot of young people out there that probably want to know how, you know, how to train a coon hound. And I, I'm not saying we're professionals by any mean means, but, um, we just kind of share what we're doing and, and how we do it. And, uh, if you get any kind of, uh, um, any any thing out of that that's great i mean that's a- anything i mean it doesn't have to be you don't have to think that we wrote the book on it but um if you yeah. get any, anything out of it, it it's good so um but it's coming along good and, and it kind of shows us where where we come from with a dog to where we are now and i think that's very important too because it's it, just like life i mean you you forget about how far you've actually made it if you don't look mm-hmm. back at what you've done in the past so um, so that's yep. kind of cool too, as far as looking back on the videos and saying, man, that was only two months ago or a month ago. She wasn't doing anything. So yep. that's, that's really, really been fun. No, and that's a good little series. I've been, I've watched a couple of those episodes and, uh, they're titled making a coon out, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. So everyone listening, go to YouTube and type in making a coon out and these should pop up. That's right. Cause everyone knows that, uh, W hunting supply is the place to shop. <laughs> so make sure you go shop there and, and buy your uh your shirts because you know zach no last name is is, is not important so but you can watch <laughs> their videos on, you can watch their videos on youtube that's, that's right, right. <laughs> so that's right it's more mom it's, it's probably you could change a name and call making a hunter too because we're learning as much from the dogs <laughs> as as you know people are learning watching our videos i promise yep now like i said I, i've enjoyed the, the couple that i've seen so Definitely people should check them out. So that's cool. We appreciate that for sure. And we'll try and get some get some good content headed y'all's way with them. And hopefully we can actually make a coon hound. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal. I'm sure, I'm sure you can. <laughs> they seem to be going in the right direction. That's for sure. Uh, the time is the biggest thing. And that's that's what we've seen is just if you can put the time in. I mean, um uh, average hunters say they can only hunt one time a weekend. Uh, that's fifty times a year. Um we can a lot of times we can do 50 times in two months, you know what I mean? So it's, that's a big difference when you're putting that kind of time on dogs. And, and, and I think you see a lot of what you were kind of talking about earlier about genetics and, uh, well, dogs, dogs reproducing or dogs not reproducing. And I I really think it's the dogs that are, uh, throwing the quick starters, uh, the ones that are kind of natural right out the gate young um that's the ones that show to be good reproducers but at the end of the day are they really a good reproducer Uh, or did they just you know have people that gave them time you know what i mean i i think time is the biggest thing in the whole series that a lot of people don't know (laughs) so you're 100 right if you could if you could buy the perfect coon hunting product at um at w or, or anywhere um (laughs) <laughs> you know, it would be, it would be a time machine. I've, I've told people that, you know, that mm-hmm. you can uh, get a time machine and your dog's been hunted while, you know, you press the button, yep. you'd be much happier than you are, especially when you're hunting pups like we're doing. That's all That's we're doing. Right. Well, good deal, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me tonight. Yeah, we we're glad you had us and uh, we look look forward to um, maybe hearing, hearing some uh, more stuff that you have going on as well. Yeah, thanks for having us, buddy. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>